Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Hulk Albisi joins me. We focus on the wide receiver position, specifically what Cliff Kingsbury has learned about the position over his first three seasons as a head coach in the NFL. But first, right guard is settled, at least in my opinion. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 577, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2. Hit in the backfield and down he goes for a loss. J.J. Watt nailed it. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. He's at the 10, half the 5, he's in again! Some more Murray Magic! Wow! Here's Craig Grealoux. So as we wait, Holly Pigskin's breakout player of camp, as we're into week two now, Paul, I'm going to announce my favorite player here in camp in week two and give you some time to mm. give your breakout player of camp. But my favorite player so far, based on what I've seen, what I've heard, Cap. number 76, Will Hernandez. He has quickly become my fan favorite. Met him once when he was signed in the offseason. But anytime you, I wouldn't say you pick a fight because he wasn't really a pick a fight, but you stand up to J.J. Watt and then literally not move an inch backwards. <laughs> yeah, he's he's quickly become a favorite, and I think right now I'm going to put him in ink as your starting right guard. It's not often that I ask Wolf to actually tell one of his stories. Okay, usually he just does it anyway. But his famous story of where his big brother, who had already spent five years in the league with the Steelers, told him as a rookie, go into camp, shut your mouth, respect everyone, and pick a fight with the toughest guy on the team. That's exactly what Will Hernandez did. Did he not? He, he went after number 99. and I think he got everyone's respect for that. Uh, very interesting on a couple of accounts. Number one, um, I, Calvisi Consulting, uh, we're thinking of a new T-shirt. If you ever been to the Midwest, there's a popular T-shirt. It's Detroit against everybody, yes. Cleveland against everybody. How about Will <laughs> versus everybody? We've seen him in, in multiple fights. In, not necessarily a fight, okay? I mean, dust-ups. Right, skirmish, you know, getting feisty, a little rooting and a tooting without the whomping and a stomping. It's some glorified shoving. We all get it, okay. But it does set a mentality. It does give everyone a sense of what he's all about. Anytime an O-line can get more physical, especially in a division that includes Aaron Donald. And, Gree, I've said this before and I'll say it again. Right guard was a liability last year. That wasn't a want. That was a need. And too often the quarterback lost confidence in that position. Too often, at least from my eyes down on the sideline, he took his eyes off the secondary and off the opposing defense and had half an eye on the right side of the offensive line, wondering if he was going to get his helmet torn off. And so that's a big deal to me, if you can solidify that, because we know that quarterback in the NFL is number one. Well, 1B is offensive line, because you can have a lot of talent, a lot of weapons surrounding your quarterback, but if he has no time to operate, especially when he's 5'10", and especially when an O-line might be prone to interior pressure that collapses the pocket from inside out and gets in his face – it's just very important, and hopefully for the Arizona Cardinals' sake, Will Hernandez is that answer. 6'3", 332, and I don't know if it's respect or a lack thereof 
the video that fellow offensive lineman Kelvin Beecham posted on Twitter on Thursday on how many offensive linemen can fit in an SUV. And you've got Beecham doing the video. Rodney Hudson is the driver. And then in the middle, it's DJ Humphreys, Justin Pugh, and Sean Harlow. And then in the way back, the way, way back, is Will Hernandez. Now, is that a respect thing because he needs more room and he's the only <laughs> one in the right. way, way back? Or it's like, oh, you're the new guy. You go in the way back. I, I don't know where I fall on that. He did have a smile on his face, but I'll say this. Will Hernandez, yes. Put me in the president of the Will Hernandez fan club. He is square. There's no doubt. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I'm not sure if he's going to fit in a coach seat left or right, you know, on, on a 737. So he might need his own row in an SUV. You're absolutely right. That's a pretty good theory. Uh, the new guy, you know, he's also pretty nimble, right? He's, he is a pulling guard. And so if anybody's able to go ahead and climb over a couple rows and get into the very back, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's what, the other thing. Right? How, did, how did he get back there? Was there, yeah. was there an extra door? Did he go well, through the back? I he, mean, he is the shortest of the crew. And believe me, life is the shortest guy in the room. Usually you're stuffed into the way back because, you know, you don't have to worry about headroom in that area of the car. And so, boom, Will Hernandez, you're the guy. I am looking forward to your reports next week when you head to Cincinnati, and I'm anxious to know who is sitting next to or if there is no one sitting next to Will Hernandez on the team plane. (laughs) Are the seats wide enough? Does he have enough elbow room, if you will? I'll tell you what, the armrest will be up. You know, that, that's what old linemen do. They come in and they take a couple of seats and the armrest comes up. And uh, way back in the day when I used to work at Channel 5, and this is going back like 25 years, and on the way home from games, and they would put the media in the way, way back, literally the last couple of rows, there was an offensive lineman back in the time. And he would come over and he'd go, Paulie Pencil Neck, and he'd shove me from the aisle up against the window. And he'd sit down and he'd say, I got to ice my knee. And he'd put an ice bag on his knee. <laughs> And the ice bag might have contained a couple of cold beverages in a can. Let's just put it that way, after a long game. And that was his uh, definition of icing his knee as he took up about three-quarters of the row that I was sitting in. Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As we come to you from State Farm Stadium, it is Cardinals training camp powered by Cox. And we've got the red and white practice coming up on Saturday. So with that in mind, certainly head coach Cliff Kingsbury had a lot of players not on the field on Friday. He wanted to make sure that there were enough players and really go all out for Saturday. So we came this close, Bird Gang, to Paul and myself actually either lining up as a wide receiver or a cornerback because the list between injured players and vet days off took up basically the entire sheet of paper here that I have in front of me. It was... It, I'll say no. this, it did give an opportunity for other players, those second and third team players, to get some valuable reps, but there was a lot of standing around, a lot of players just not doing anything on Friday. I mean, I'll give you an example. A guy like a Bernhard Sykovitz, right, international player uh, program, and a guy who was like 91st on the roster a year ago at this time because you get an exemption for that roster spot. He was running with the first team at tight end at times. And we're talking about a loaded tight end room. Thing is, none of them were on the field, with the exception of maybe a Steven Anderson, who, by the way, he makes the short list of guys who have made an impression, who's having guys off the radar a little bit, who are having a really good camp. 89, uh, I would say Zeke Turner is another guy who's taking advantage of reps. He looks good coming off an injury-marred last season. Uh, there are other guys out there like a Victor Demukeji, who in year two, 
I know he's gotten the eye of some of these coaches, talking to people on the sideline. But you're right, the Friday practice. I mean, Grealu, how long does Cover <laughs> do go? You don't even have time to go through all the names who are not practicing. That practice on Friday would be akin to the fourth quarter of a preseason game. That was basically the caliber of name. For the most part, you saw it there. Although, like the Will Hernandez is the world, he was out there. Boone Baker was out there. But four-fifths of the starting offensive line wasn't out there. Most of your starting defensive line wasn't out there. So, look, if you can't make an impression as a guy trying to make the team in a setting like that, then you probably have no chance. That that really was an opportunity for literally the sixth, seventh, and eighth-string running backs to get reps and catch passes out of the backfield. Guys like a Ronnie Rivers or a TJ Pledger. I mean, just names way off. But if you can go out there and catch someone's eye, make someone miss, make a play, put it on film, uh, those are the these are the kind of days those guys live for. I, Andy, the number one wide receiver <laughs> yes, on the field on Friday. Just That's to right. add that into yeah. – And he made some plays. Yes, he did. Now he's going to have to do it, obviously, in these preseason games. And I'm guessing we're going to see a lot of number 17 as a former second-round pick who still has all the speed and athleticism. But can he make catches? Can he make plays? Can he be a difference maker? Can he do it in traffic? Can he do it against press coverage? There are a lot of questions still out there. Um, and, and considering the way that this receiver room is tracking right now, you would figure the Andy Isabellas of the world are getting a lot of snaps a week from this time in Cincinnati. And you know what, Great, Think about it. We're a week away from the preseason opener. We're five weeks away from Kansas City and regular season week one. Let that hang for a moment. So you have that. It's still a long way to go. And then you think about how the Cardinals have started under Cliff Kingsbury. And we can come out here and we could have a hot take and get all sawed off and worked up and, you know, boy, you know, some of the regulars aren't pra- – guess what? There's a track record from this coaching staff and this head coach of having a team ready to ball week one. Look at last year. There was a lot of noise out there about, mm, are, are guys getting enough reps in these preseason games? How many snaps did the first-team offense get last preseason, for example, right? That was a big narrative. Got a lot of I'll run. i raise my hand, Paul. I yep. was one of those people okay. that were saying, hey, I need to see more out of X player. I need to see more out of this offense. What are they doing? And yep. we were waiting until week one, yep. and all of a sudden, seven games later, they're undefeated. <laughs> and what happened in week one at Nashville? Oh, yeah. That was a big surprise. It was. It was. The Cardinals absolutely dominated. They were the more physical team. They were the more prepared team. And then afterwards, Cliff Kingsbury let it be known that uh, maybe there's a little too much consternation over the preseason guys. So I think, and I put myself at the top of this list, you got to pace yourself. You got to gauge your reaction, overreaction, dare I say, if certain guys aren't practicing. It doesn't matter. As soon as you get to September, when it comes to your starters especially, at least the top 30 to 40 guys on your roster, it, it just doesn't matter. It only matters you're ready to go when they kick this thing off on September 11th. Justin Pugh on Thursday, quote, we get paid to play on Sundays when he was asked about vet days and specifically about Friday's pack practice. Kingsbury, quote, we want to be fresh for tomorrow. Again, the red and white practice here at State Farm Stadium, 1.30 in the afternoon. Go to azcardinals.com for more information. But you bring up the wide receiver position. And let me just throw this note on Zach Ertz because we did get some good news. We hope it's good news because Ertz, again, not on the practice field dealing with that calf issue, but not considered a long-term concern for the head coach and we think well Kingsbury brought it up he's expecting Ertz to have a breakout season first full offseason in this system 
first full season in this offensive system, and we know what happened last year in just 10 games. It is remarkable to hear the head coach, he was asked about breakout players this year, and he names a Pro Bowl tight end in Zach Ertz, right? A guy who, in how many games last year, had how many catches, and wasn't that the most catches by a Cardinals tight end since, I don't know, the late 90s, maybe Rob Awald, if I'm remembering the stat right, but he came out there, I think he had 55 grabs and basically half a season, a little beyond that, I think was the, the stat on Zach Ertz. So now you extrapolate and you think about it, okay, if he was in there every day of this offseason, which is the word, him and J.J. Watt were workout warriors the entire offseason. They were pushing each other, and Watt talked a little bit about that. You know, he lives in town, Zach Ertz, now with his wife, and she's a native and the whole thing. And so, yeah, to think about what he – the season that might be in store for a Zach Ertz and Cliff Kingsbury, he confirmed as much. Third most targeted pass catcher last season, and that was done in just 11 games – Think about After that. he was acquired. Yeah. And think about the receiving talent on this team. Think about, I mean, just – and Cliff Kingsbury keeps joking about it, the headache he's going to have when everyone is healthy and are there enough footballs and targets to go around. Obviously, it's a good problem to have. But then we see Max Williams out there, and it really makes you wonder, all right, if you have three above-average tight ends and, – and I say that – you know, look, we got to see Trey McBride prove it in a regular season, but he held his own in these against the outside linebackers and some of these one-on-one drills and blocking full pads, full contact. He he really looked good, and he realized why they consider him a dual tight end, and he catches the ball so easily, Trey McBride. You see the athleticism. You see his natural pass-catching ability. So if indeed you have three really viable tight ends, you wonder what that means for this offense. How many do you play at the same time? Our colleague Ron Wolfley expects 12 personnel on the field. Dare I say, do we see three tight ends on the field at one time? There is going to be enough offensive firepower for Kyler Murray to drop back and pick where he wants to go. Wide receiver, tight end, running back. And yeah, there's one football to be thrown. So there are going to be a lot of upset players coming back to the sideline, going back into the locker room. And Kingsbury kind of joked, yes, I receive passive-aggressive texts. Now, this was in relationship to Rondell Moore, who just doesn't say a whole heck of a lot, even to us, which I think I love his attitude, by the way. Rondell Moore, I'm a big fan of his, but doesn't express himself enough to the head coach as far as targets. And he will get those, I'm not feeling this, coach. Just not, just, And that's it, <laughs> that's right. text messages. But that's, yeah. as we date ourselves, Paul, that's how the players these days, that's how they communicate, via text messages. Yeah. And apparently late at night, after he's had some time to think about it after a game, there's no doubt, based on all the anecdotal information, on the record, by the way, from the receivers coach, the head coach, other players, that Rondell Moore felt he was underutilized a year ago. Okay. So let's see it now. Can you make those catches downfield? Can he be a playmaker in space downfield? Sean Jefferson raised about Rondell Moore's complete route tree. All right, but let's see. I mean, I think the confidence level is pretty high, but he's got to go out and prove it. And I'm with you. He's quiet, but he has a quiet confidence about him. He There's never, an edge. Yes, he never wavers in 
in his belief that he can really be a standout player in this league. And guess what? You need him. Minus Christian Kirk. Everybody now, he got Christian Kirk money. And you, you need a Rondell Moore in this offense. And it sounds like we're going to see him inside. We're going to see him outside. As opposed to Christian Kirk, really, we saw him mostly inside a year ago. That's not going to be the case this year. They're going to move Rondell Moore outside wherever they need him. And and look, too often last year, defenses played that soft shell coverage, a zone, and they kept everything in front of them. You can't let defenses get away with that anymore. Rondell Moore is going to be a big answer for that. Hollywood Brown is going to be a big answer for that. You hope he puts the whole speed receiver thing behind him off the field, and now he's got to work about work on things on the field. I don't know what his status is going to be for the red and white. Uh, Kyler Murray is tracking towards being uh, on the field, coming off the COVID positive test. And so, boom, uh, that's the other aspect. You'd love to see when you get to Cincinnati, maybe a series from both guys. Maybe. We'll see. We're not going to see Joe Burrow. If not, I'm figuring you're going to see at least a series or two against Baltimore on national TV and Lamar Jackson. One more on Rondell Moore when he addressed the media on Friday, bringing up he was asked about receivers learning every single spot, whether it's inside, outside, left or right, and his words, opening up the playbook. And that's that's a theme that we've heard a little bit from the head coach, from Sean Jefferson as well, because, Paul, you watched it two years ago last year. When DeAndre Hopkins was on the field, where was he lined up? Left side. Left side yep. as your ex-receiver. Now, can you move him around a little bit? And during the open portions of practice, they're open here at State Farm Stadium. We have, when Hop has played and practice, he has been in the slot. He has been on the left side and the right side. I think that's a huge change in philosophy by this coaching staff because if you're able to do that now all of a sudden you're not forecasting to the defense what you're going to do how did cooper cup win the triple crown of receiving a year ago it was remarkable when the cardinals played the rams three times last year every single time he can't help but watch cooper cup and that unbelievable season he had, and what Sean McVay does with Cup. He's never in the same spot twice, seemingly. He's always on the move. He's anywhere and everywhere. They do a great job of utilizing all the pre-snap motions and everything else to, to distract a defense and get Cooper Cup open, get him space with which to work. He's such a phenomenal route runner. We know how tight Cliff Kingsbury and Sean McVay, how, and, and we know how much film they watch of each other. Look, uh, yours truly over here, I would just say if there's something I would love to see this offense adapt and adopt, it would be what they did with Cooper Cup. DeAndre Hopkins is capable of that and then some. And if you could just make it that much less predictable, and, and to your point, inside, outside, guys knowing every single position. Now, how much of that is dictated by DeAndre Hopkins himself? We don't know that exactly. Uh, and he's, he definitely is an opinionated guy, DeAndre Hopkins. There are certain things that he likes in certain ways. And so I am curious to see how that evolves this season. Well, we know Cliff is willing to learn and adapt, maybe not as quickly as some of the fan base would like him to adapt. But let's go back to what Kingsbury had to say earlier this training camp. Quote, when I first got here, yeah, it was pretty much Z was here and X was there, but we've tried to really adapt to the game and be able to find matchups and move personnel around more, end quote. And he talked about in college, the game moves faster. So you don't, you don't have the opportunity to move receivers. You just kind of stay on that side of the field. It's slowed down for him here as he enters year four to where, all right, let's not be 
predictable. And Sean Jefferson mentioned being interchangeable amongst those wide receivers. And well, I, I hope that, that that is what – it's not just coach speak here as a storyline, but we actually see it come the regular season. Well, last year, everybody now, you lost five of your last six, including the playoff game. The year before, you lost five of your last seven. To what degree was that because the offense became predictable? How much did it go beyond D-Hop? We don't know the answer to that exactly. All we do know is there was 10 to 12 weeks worth of film out there. Defensive coordinators are very bright. And until you beat something, you're going to see it again and again and again. Like that soft shell coverage where they defenses and secondaries would keep everything in front of them. So I think it is incumbent upon the Cardinals offense to try and evolve and adapt and and and. And sometimes change for the sake of change, yeah, it can make sense just to throw a defense off the scent of what you've been doing for the first two or three months of a season. So once again, it's there's going to be enough weapons and enough different options to keep it varied. Yeah, if you go back two years ago, I mean, it was sort of D-hop, and you didn't have much else in terms of an option. That first game in San Francisco, what was it, 14 catches on like 16 targets, it was literally – sideline left side of the field and hop sometimes didn't even go back to the huddle he just remained close yeah. to the sideline and Robert Sala didn't really adjust it, it was sort of the akin to the opener last year when uh, Taylor Lewan was still left with Chandler Jones <laughs> they, they didn't chip him they didn't give him the extra help off the edge like what are you doing Mike Vrabel you got to help out your left tackle I, I mean Chandler Jones just ate him alive it's still one of the most uh, I don't know, confusing, perplexing coaching moves or lack thereof I've witnessed in this league. Why didn't they give Taylor Lewan some help, at least by halftime? But same thing in that opener three years ago against the 49ers when uh, they never made an adjustment against DeAndre Hopkins. But as that season went on and there was a lack of other receiving options at the time, then obviously he was getting doubled and tripled sometimes. And so, but once again, do you think Cooper Cup was getting doubled and was getting extra attention last year? Yes. The Rams schemed a way to get him open and get him to a triple crown of receiving. Even at times, even in the Super Bowl, he had four catches on a Super Bowl winning drive without OBJ on the field, without Robert Woods on the field, no Tyler Higby. It was Matthew Stafford at Cooper Cup, and they were unstoppable. And that's where you want this Cardinals offense to be. Even though you know where the ball is going, you're still able to complete it. It's much like basketball. You know the ball is going to find a Michael Jordan. It's going to find here locally Devin Booker. Yet you still throw the ball to them to make a play because they are your best option. DeAndre Hopkins, when healthy, when right, is this team's best pass catcher. Yeah. And, and think of what Drew Stan has told you repeatedly on the Red Sea Report, that then when you add those tight ends, because that, that was what Trey McBride told the media in the offseason that – Coach, Maybe let it slip. Yeah, Coach Kingsbury wants to disguise the offense a little bit more. And Drew absolutely agreed with that, that when you have those dual tight ends on the field, you're not showing your hand nearly as much. So if a Max Williams is healthy, think of this offense a year ago when Max Williams was healthy. Think of how they were running the ball. And think how, guess what, it gave that defense a little something extra to think about. Are they running? Are they not? And then, boom, it's all you, it needs in the NFL is that moment of hesitation. What is an offense doing? And they have that, that edge, and they can complete a pass, or they get to the hole before the linebacker. And if the Cardinals are able to do that this year with a combination of tight ends and receiving weapons and arguably the deepest position room on the field, that running back room, 
I think that's what you're striving for is that balance. And so a defense can't break the huddle and automatically know. And that's something else that for as much as we like to bag on Wolf and yours truly, first of (laughs) all, whenever the Cardinals get under center, right, Wolf acts like they've landed on the moon, okay? You know, it's just like, okay, just – but – but if you talk to guys like Zach Allen and other defensive linemen, when an offense is in the gun, there are much fewer choices for an offense. It becomes more predictable for a defensive front. Okay, they're in the gun. They're not going to be able to do X, Y, and Z, so it makes it easy for us to do our job. When, it, when a quarterback is under center, it seemingly opens up the playbook to any and all possibilities, and that becomes a bigger challenge for a defense to read and react. Wilson and Island on that. By the way, the head coach doesn't prefer it. The yeah. quarterback doesn't prefer it. Ron Wolfley's in the booth. So what's going to happen? Yeah, the quarterback's going to be in the shotgun. <laughs> but you mentioned something about DeAndre Hopkins and what he likes. And remember, Larry Fitzgerald once upon a time was that X receiver. Yep. New coaching staff comes in. All of a sudden, he's playing inside. And maybe it prolonged his career or at least elevated his game to a little bit higher status. Now we're talking about Fitz, who was already one of the best. But the more you can do and all of a sudden an extra several seasons of 100 catches or more, Fitz still was very prolific later in his years. DeAndre Hopkins, this is year 10, and we haven't seen much of D-Hop over the last year and a half. Couldn't all of a sudden he be in the mix to where I'm once again being talked about amongst the elite of the elite receivers? You know, instead of being split out all by himself, what if all of a sudden he's like in a diamond formation or he's in trips and and you're able to use some of those speed guys to clear out some room for a D-hop? Yes, the possibilities are endless. I I agree with you. And and you know what? I think D-hop, we're going to need to see him when he comes out. To your point, he will have missed 11 straight games by the time the suspension yeah, ends. I believe that's correct. Right around there. And look, I'm not predicting. I'm just citing. Patrick Peterson was never the same when he came off that six-game suspension. Almost the exact identical age as a DeAndre Hopkins. So you have other receiving options. You get him back into the mix, plus the tight ends. And once again, if if you – have that solid offensive line, and then okay. You know, that's to me, that's not necessarily the question with this team. It's it's when you see the DVOA projection that a Cardinals defense that finished number six last year in those analytics and metrics is now forecasted to be 28th this year. Hashtag no math. You know me. I'm not into all the numbers necessarily, but when you see that sort of projection with that sort of disparity and regression from last year to this year, and then you're looking at the defense in camp, then you're realizing there are legitimate questions in all three levels of the defense. To me, more and more as these cap practices unfold, I find my eye going to that side of the ball. And I think for fans coming to State Farm Stadium for the red and white practice on Saturday, yeah, look at who's maybe not so much on the defensive line, but pay attention to what Zayvon Collins is doing, Isaiah Simmons. But I'm right there with you in that secondary, specifically the cornerback, if a Marco Wilson, again, is not playing because of a groin issue and Byron Murphy had a vet day on Friday, he should be out there on Saturday. But we've heard from head coach Cliff Kingsbury. The jury is still out, and we talked about that earlier here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. There is a huge question mark at the cornerback position, not by so much us, but by the head coach. They want Byron Murphy Jr. to be a slot corner. They need two outside corners. 
do they even have one beyond Byron Murphy Jr.? I, I, that's what I'm hearing when Cliff Kingsbury, of his own volition, calls out a player. And that's essentially what he did. He put him on notice. I didn't necessarily put him on blast. There wasn't anything negative. They just – he got cited by the head coach. And that's the way head coaches work in the NFL and professional sports. They will use the media to send a message that is exactly what was done. And Marco Wilson – Look, I don't know if it's a guy who started all of last year pretty much, a guy who has earned the respect of Vance Joseph. Remember what Vance Joseph said a week ago on a weekend of camp? He said, yeah, I don't think Marco Wilson needs to have a big camp to solidify his spot on the roster. Well, maybe there's some good cop, <laughs> bad cop going on there a, a little bit. You don't want a kid in year two, especially a fourth rounder, to all of a sudden become complacent or think he's arrived. He obviously has all the measurables and the talent. He has the pedigree. His dad coaches cornerbacks for a living. His older brother is in the NFL. So everything is there for Marco Wilson. You just got to make sure. And I liked hearing when he told the media that he asked the coaches in the offseason for a cut-up, a highlight cut-up, not of the great plays he made, but of the plays he missed, the plays where he failed. He wanted to see those in the offseason. So that seemed to indicate that he has a work ethic and the study habits, but there's something missing. Obviously, or else Cliff Kingsbury wouldn't have been moved to make that comment on his own. Again, it's worth repeating. The depth behind Murphy and Wilson, Antonio Hamilton, Josh Jackson, those are your experienced cornerbacks. Then it's a Breon Borders, Nate Brooks, Jace Whitaker, your draft pick, Christian Matthew, a seventh-round selection. So not quite much there in that cornerback room. Before we cut you loose here, Paul, the red and white practice, anything else? If you're a fan coming to State Farm Stadium, outside of wanting to watch where the football is thrown. But that's that's easy. That's that's the eye candy. What should fans be paying attention to on Saturday? You know, it's hard not to notice Isaiah Simmons. Uh, you're you're going to see number nine, and you're going to see him virtually anywhere and everywhere. He'll be on the edge. He'll be mugging the A-gaps next to the defensive lineman. Hey, yesterday we saw him with quite a few snaps, Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons, as we originally envisioned, next to each other as inside linebackers. We saw that. And then the next snap, you might see him playing deep center field safety or covering in the slot. So it's really intriguing to watch number nine. You also will hear number nine because he likes to bark and chirp and talk, and he's sort of an instigator, like in hockey, skating around, just starting stuff. That, that, that's an Isaiah Simmons. Zayvon Collins, we watched him a little bit in some of the nine-on-seven yesterday, and you know what? He was filling the hole, making the read, reacting instantaneously. That is a really good sign that a guy who's 6'4", 250, I mean, he has he has the measurables, the size, the speed to go sideline to sideline. Does he have the instincts and the intellect to be able to play that inside linebacker position? So I would keep an eye there as well. And, and I tell you, Josh Jackson is interesting as well. A former second-round pick, has the size, and if you're if you're – if you want to look at one guy that I think the coaches are just quietly hoping really comes through and proves himself and answers that cornerback question to a large degree, I definitely say that. And at Dennis Gardeck, the explosion is back. And he's always fun to watch. The long hair, the pit bull body type. He's just feisty and going on every single snap. And then there's the guy Dennis Gardeck mentioned, my Jay Sanders, number 41. If you're looking for one of the rookies, he called him an athletic freak. And he is 6'4", 6'5". He does have that length, and you watch his explosion and his spin move and some of the work, the violent hands that he goes with and some of his pass rushes. Those are all guys so far that have been fun to watch. Plenty of 
uh, plenty on display, I should say, coming up on Saturday, the red and white practice, 130-3 to here at State Farm Stadium. Both owner Michael Bidwell and head coach Cliff Kingsbury will address the crowd. Go to azcardinals.com for more information. Gates open at 1230. The car parks open at 1130, beginning all details on azcardinals.com. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Paul Calvisi, I'm Craig Riolu. Hope to see everyone at the red and white practice. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2. Chaw!